0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free lifestyle and recovery coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome! Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jessica Lamar. She is a two-time best-selling author, an intuition and personal development expert, mother of three, and the founder of Love Personal Growth, a female empowerment company. Jessica combines her engineering brain with holistic approaches to empower conscious, high-achieving women to awaken to their soul's calling and create an unapologetically aligned life. As a spiritual mentor, Jessica teaches high achievers intuitive and spiritual practices to solve some of life's greatest challenges. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining today. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me, Gina. It's so good to be here.
0: Oh, it's such a pleasure. So I wanted to congratulate you first off <laughs> on your new book that has come in here. I know it's compiled uh, by Rebecca Caffier uh, with these amazing entrepreneurs and you're included in one of them. And so I want to say congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. Just honestly, wonderful women, you know, just to be surrounded by wonderful women in all of the Pitch Club and and the stories in here, just uh, it connects us even more. You know, we often feel alone, but then when we read somebody else's stories, oh, that resonates, right? Oh, not being myself, oh, having to show up differently, oh, having to please, all of those things, they resonate.
0: Right, right. And it kind of goes into the topic that I wanted to talk about today, about our, our special gifts that we have, you know, so often that people don't even know who they are. They're like, why am I here on earth? What is my purpose here? And I wanted to get your expertise and insight as far as like why people think that way and what are some ways they can do to discover themselves.
1: Yes, that's beautiful. And what I will say is if they're asking those questions then they're on the right path (laughs) because they know that there's something more. They know there's something greater for them to do. And what they're doing right now may not feel exactly in alignment, right? It may feel just like a little bit off, like, And here's what people used to say to me. And they would say, just be yourself. Everyone will love you. Just be yourself. And I would think, this is before my journey, I'm like, well, what are they talking about? Like, what are they talking about? Like, I didn't know who I was deeply enough to know those gifts that I brought to to earth, brought here to share. And then once I started and stepped into my gifts, I said, oh my gosh, no, this is exactly what I was made to do. Y- you'll have this knowing because time will not necessarily stop, but it'll just feel so purposeful. It'll feel so good. You will feel like the light that is you is brighter than it's ever been before. You'll you'll want to do it forever. You'll want it to continue. It'll just feel so good. But so many of us have been taught to not do what we've been called here to do, and I believe that this is part of our life's lessons. I believe that many of us have uh, chosen a path in which we come into a community or a family that don't really harness our gifts, and mm-hmm. uh, at least for those of us in the um, who are searching for our gifts now, um, that we come into this area and spectrum. And I'll speak for myself. I came in, and one of the greatest gifts that I have is a uh, clear sentience, it, which is to feel. That's an intuitive gift, is to feel. So when I'm in a session with somebody, I could feel what they feel, right? I could feel that they're pain. I could feel the the feelings. But when I came in, my parents did not... Uh, that They didn't honor feelings, right? Cry, and I'll give you something to cry about. Right. was very common rhetoric in my home. And if you cried, you were weak. So I learned these things when I was young and I learned, okay, well, this must not, this must not be right. I can't share how I feel. Uh, I can feel what they're feeling and it's, you know, it's scary. So I'm just going to shut down. I'm, I'm going to shut down these feelings. And that's what I did. So I became analytical, logical, critical thinker. I went into engineering, anything that I could do to get out of my body. Cause my body, I could feel everything. And so I said, okay, well, I'm just going to stay in my head because this is where it's safe and I'll just think. But then what happens? We overthink. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We get stuck in the analytical. We're thinking about something that happened four days ago that doesn't even matter. And so we need to come back into the body because in the body is the present moment. That's
0: how we come back here. And this is where our gifts are in the body. I love that. Yes. And I do feel like our gifts are in our body. They just need to be unleashed somehow. And so I wanted I found a little something in your book here that I was like, oh, this is very interesting. Uh, Where it says, then I had the most liberating realization. There is no wrong path or timeline to reconnect, rediscover or reclaim your intuitive gifts. Like for me, I discovered my gifts not that long ago, like literally Probably within the last three or four years. And I I recognize those gifts now, and I'm like, why did I just do this before? Now, do you think that, because I've gone through a lot of childhood trauma, you know, and I I, I suffered a lot growing up, but I didn't really realize I suffered a lot of my trauma that I had, which I didn't really realize I had until I healed myself. uh, But I, I noticed during those times I was very controlling, very manipulative. I was very angry at men because of what a man did to me and do you find like with your clients or people that you work with that a lot of I guess a lot of reasons why they are they they say quote unquote you know the way they are is because of trauma Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and let me it this is a very interesting word trauma and I just want to say it's really how we define trauma Mm-hmm. I, I really like how um, Dr. Nicole Lapera defines trauma, which is the inability to be ourselves. And um, I can't remember the other uh, doctor right now, but he says that it's the inability to be fully present in the moment. And so when, when we define trauma in that sense, we've all experienced trauma. Right. Whether it's little t or big t. Me not being able, now I had some very traumatic situations in my childhood. However, even the little traumas, if you will, not being able to feel the way that I'm allowed to feel, not being able to speak the words that I want to speak and being spoken for me, not being able to say how I feel and someone validate it but no, you're fine. She's fine. Don't She's fine. Don't worry about it. That can be traumatic right? because my gift is clairsentience to feel. And if all the time I'm being told not to feel or that my feelings are wrong, then I'm going to think that my gifts are off. Right. Okay. So when we step into our intuitive gifts, and again, there's no wrong time. There's absolutely no wrong time. I believe we have to go through the difficult times to really bring forth our gifts. And part of the reason that I believe we do that is so we can help others on their path and on their journey. Because if we don't understand the struggle, then how can we help them? Right. right? I mean, we we can, but we if we understand like at a core deeper level, then it's much easier to relate to the challenges that they're facing. So when we talk about these gifts emerging, when we are young and we're not able to be ourselves. We get, if you will, stuck at that time. So have you ever seen the movie uh, Frozen 2? Frozen 2. I don't know
0: if you've uh, seen Maybe bits and pieces of it with my kids.
1: <laughs> okay, so Frozen 2 in this movie, there's the main character Elsa, and I'm gonna use this example because I love uh, to make things simple and so you can see it, especially if you're if you're listening. So As you're listening, imagine this girl, Elsa, who is the queen of a kingdom, okay? And she hears this voice calling, and everything in her life is okay. She's had some struggles, but things are where she wants them to be, and she doesn't really want to change because she doesn't know what it'll be or what will come, but she hears this voice, and it gets so loud that she can't ignore it anymore, And as she hears this voice, she decides she has to follow it. She has to go seek it. And so she does. And she goes on this journey with her family and her family. They don't quite understand, right? When we go out on these journeys to discover ourselves, they don't quite understand. Or they we answer the calling. They don't quite understand. So they don't understand. Like, you know, where are we going? Why are we doing this? But they go, she goes and they follow. And she gets to this. Uh, she, she's going to Atahalan and Atahalan is a a river of ice, which is a glacier, but it's like this river of memories and they all exist inside of us. And she gets to this horse that she has to ride across the ocean, but it takes her down. And you can imagine that's like the emotions taking her down or the dark night of the soul, but she finally learns to ride it and she rides it to Atahalan. And when she goes in, she discovers all these memories and that's what was calling the memories. And so these parts of us, let's say something happened to us when we were five are calling out now. Now they may not call out as the whistle as it did in the movie, but they may call out as us making passive aggressive comments to our spouse. Mm-hmm. They may call out as uh, yelling at our kids. Mm-hmm. They may call out as not trusting ourselves. They may call out as being extremely controlling it they're calling out because they want to be released. And here's what happens. When we release those parts, our intuitive gifts magically open. So what I'm sure you discovered is that as you healed, more of your gifts opened, more opportunities for you to share what you already know how to do opened. Right. Is that accurate?
0: Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I have a quick question. Because you're an intuitive healer and an intuitive guider. And when did you discover your gifts? Were you at a early on in, you know, maybe in your teens, 20s, 30s?
1: Okay, so that's a great question. So before, so when I was little, I knew that I had gifts, but I did not know that until I was in my 30s. So I, when I was little, like I didn't want to, sleep alone, because I was scared to sleep alone, right? And I was like, no, I don't want to sleep alone. And I was in a healing session in an IFS healing session, which I'm a huge proponent of internal family systems. And I was in an IFS healing session. And um, I discovered that I didn't want to sleep alone, because I could hear the other side, like I could hear messages that were being spoken to me. And I had no idea what to do with it. No one there to hone my gifts, like nothing, right? I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) And so... So once I grew up and I realized that I was already starting to open up my gifts and I took intuitive guidance courses. I did intuitive guidance twice. And then I went to Delphi University to do in-depth channeling and mediumship. And that's where it was like, oh my gosh, like light bulbs went off. But it wasn't until 2018 that I started opening up to my gifts. And it wasn't until um, I would say one year ago that I truly claimed them. Right. Because moving from engineering, I was an engineer for 15 years. Okay. Oh, wow, wow. So moving from engineering into um, intuitive guide, in depth channeling, mediumship, that's a huge jump. Right. Yeah. Like, you don't do that overnight. There was, <laughs> my logical mind was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you sure this is how you want to come out to the world? And, but once I've seen what these gifts can do, and how incredibly powerful and healing and loving and compassionate and what it can open up for my clients, like the need to not self-sabotage, to be kinder to themselves, to listen to themselves, to love themselves, to have time for themselves, like to have better relationships, all of these things. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't care what I'm called. I know what my gifts bring into the world.
0: That's so beautiful. And you reminded me I literally listened to my spirit telling me, you need to, you need to pause last week because I was, you know, doing this masterclass and I was doing so much work, putting so much work, putting so much work. I'm like, you know what? I need a little break. And so I listened to myself and I took last week off just to like relax a little bit. I wasn't so much on social media. I went ahead and spent time with more of the children, just doing certain things that I felt like I wanted to do you know if I wanted to read a book let me read a book <laughs> and I am feeling so much better this week and I'm ready to take on the world <laughs> so i I do think it's so important to listen to your spiritual self your higher self tell, guiding you and then some people may say you know I uh, prayer helps meditation helps you know maybe a walk out and nature helps what are you what are the best practices for you to tap into your Yourself, your true self.
1: Yeah. So, this is such a beautiful question. I've been asked this question three times in the last three days. So, (laughs) I love this question. Um, But here's what I'll say is that when we're on this journey to our highest self, if you will, to the soul, to the spirit, whatever you want to call it, to intuition many believe that we have to transcend parts of us or rise above or that we can't have negative emotions or that we can't have negative thoughts or all of these things. There's so many preconceived notions about what it means to be with our higher self. Our higher self is with us in every possible way. Okay. Every, like if you're um, let's say that we are, are angry and, and you know, we're voicing our opinion our higher self is still in there with us. Okay. So it's, it's always there. It's that voice inside that's, that's saying, Ooh, maybe this isn't the best way. <laughs> right. It's that little voice. And it's the journey back to that voice is simple. It's self-realization. It's understanding who you are and who you're not and what keeps you from the truest version of you. And again, when we let go so those, remember how I talked about in the beginning, those that part of us that's five years old, Yeah, she's carrying that burden of the pain and that she suffered at that time. But once she's let go, once she's let go of that burden, she is creative. She is vulnerable. She is here to share her gifts. She brought gifts into the world and she's here to share them. She is no less valuable than the self, than the spirit, than the soul. So we have, we're multidimensional. So we have these parts of us that are beautifully gifted. And when we can understand that it's this relationship with ourself and the parts of us, when we open up and we do that healing, that's what opens us up more to ourself because those parts of us Uh, they they're just like they're beautiful and magical and like when I think about it I think of like a unicorn or you know just something like rainbows. just yeah (laughs) amazing right and it's just becoming who we are like who we came here to be and it's unloading these burdens and these um,
0: challenges that we
1: faced that we keep holding on to
0: yes yes I totally agree as the children you know we had big imaginations right we had huge imaginations everything was so magical like you talk about unicorns rainbows and everything so like ah oh, <laughs> such in like a beautiful blissful way and then we go into school <laughs> and then i think school was trained us pretty much to be into working in corporate america working for america <laughs> and not tapping into our gifts and ourselves you know, yes, they'll have art classes. Yes, they'll have some drama classes, but it had to be how the instructor had what he was assigned to give you. I, I actually appreciate journaling and I also appreciate a lot of different things that helped me heal. And I there's something also in the book I <laughs> keep on going back to this book cuz I was like it's so fascinating <laughs> on here talking about the high well, it says what keeps us from owning our own intuitive gifts. And timing was one of them. And then you had the hires Achievers Trifecta. And then I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. So we talk about timing and then what is the higher Achievers Trifecta? Because it was the first time I was ever reading that and I loved it. Thank
1: you. Yeah, so I've worked with hundreds of women and here's what I've discovered. The women that I support, they suffer from what I call the High Achievers Trifecta. And the High Achievers Trifecta is where we believe that who we are is what we accomplish. And so if we're not accomplishing, if we're not in accomplishment mode, then then who are we? Then how can we show up in the world? And who do we think we are? Okay. And so it consists of the three Ps, which is people pleasing. And I don't necessarily say, I have a slightly different definition of people pleasing. It's really when we're in that accomplished mode so that others see our value. Like We're striving for them to see the value that we have so we'll continue to push ourselves. And then we have the perfectionism. Right. I'm going to spend 15 more minutes on this landing page and it's 30 minutes later. And then we have productivity. I'm going to work 10 hours today and I'm going to get everything that I can get done today, all of the things, and then Not only did you work that, and then you're working at night because you're so concerned about how productive you are and what you're getting done. Productivity is a high achiever's kryptonite. So this is how the external world sees us. So they see the people-pleasing tendencies. They see us striving. They see us working hard. They see that perfectionism, us putting in that extra time and effort. They see us overworking. That's what people see. What they don't see are the three Bs, which is what hurts us. The three Bs in the high achiever's trifecta number one, boundaries. So they can't see our own boundaries unless we show them our boundaries. And we have to start setting boundaries because we all desire this love. We all desire love and to be needed and to be wanted and to be validated. And so we will let go of our boundaries so that we get those things, spending extra time on a call with a client, even though we know it's only for an hour, right? So we do little things like that. Then we have betrayal. And with betrayal, I'm not talking about betrayal with anybody else, but with ourselves. And this one hurts the most. This one is the deep mother wound, right? That deep um, betraying of our soul, of ourself. When we get into a relationship and we stay when it's no longer working, when we're in a career and we stay for the wrong reasons. Even the little things like dinner, right? Like, where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, it's okay. I don't know wherever you want to go, right? It, it could be so small, so tiny that instead of tuning in and asking our body, what food does my body need to be nourished in this moment? We're willing to give away our power just in something that small. <clears throat> and then the, the third B is burnout. So when we leave the boundaries or when boundaries and betrayal and just we continue to do those things that don't serve us we end up in burnout which is the belief the root cause that who we are is unworthy so we will do anything that we can to be worthy
0: yes and that was totally me that was really me. i used to be like the You know, I have to have it perfect or else I would just feel like a failure. And then I would talk to myself that way. Oh, you're such a failure. You know, you're no good. You're not good enough. And that really, words are very powerful. I've learned to discover that I have to be careful how I talk to myself (laughs) because it'll it'll manifest. And I am not that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a true believer of manifestation. And um, some people call, like I said, mentioned earlier, like prayer, manifestation, What is your definition of manifestation?
1: Mm. So that's so interesting because I have this quote, if you will, and I say you can manifest and you can mantra all day long, but you're not going to get the results you want unless you do the healing work. So manifestation, I believe, is bringing into the physical realm what you desire. It's like bringing your desires to life. And there's many ways you could do that um, through thought, through vision boards. However, what I've discovered is that when we try to manifest what we want from a place of control, we're not being open to what the universe wants. And I wouldn't say wants, but has planned. So there could be something so much greater. So let's say that you want to create a business doing something very specific. And you work as hard as you can to do that. And the whole time the universe is like, hey, if you just backed up a second, I had this bigger plan for you the whole time, but I'll let you go down. The universe is never, is not going to stop you unless it's like, you know, hey, this isn't good for you. Then you get the wake up call from the universe, that huge wake up call. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. My life's never going to be the same. So, but they'll let you go down that path so you can learn that lesson. It's all manifestation is about bringing in what you want. But here's what I've discovered. If you uncover through healing who you are, what you want comes from who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. And it'll, it'll become so clear. Your intuitive gifts will become so clear that you'll know I can't live the rest of my life without doing this.
0: Right. I love that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're such a genius. I love it. (laughs) Now, uh, with your process, there is a process called the three-step rediscovery process. Can you talk a little bit about what that's all about?
1: Yes, absolutely. So in my first book, Reclaim Yourself, which is a journey about coming back to who you are, um, I spent thousands of hours in healing. And I did this because I truly... I truly wanted to move from feeling overwhelmed, overworked, burned out, stressed out, filled with resentment and, you know, like all of these feelings that I had that I didn't, and I didn't know what I want. Like I wanted to move away from that. So it really started in moving away from something and not moving towards something. And as I did, I discovered that in every healing session I had, we went through three things. Number one, we realized it was this realization. Okay, well... Let's just take self-sabotage, for example. Okay, well, I'm not showing up completely for myself, or I keep procrastinating on this thing, or I just, like, every time this comes up, I find something else that I need to get done that's more important. And so you have this realization. The second step is to reconnect. So we would always reconnect that part of us that's struggling with this. Okay, well, what are we really scared of? Like, what are we scared may, ha- may happen if, if we put ourselves out there? Rejection, scared to be rejected. What else are you scared of? Well, you know, I'm, I'm scared no one will show up for me. And, you know, we so we come into that reconnect. And then we do go into the release phase, which is step three. So first is realize, second is reconnect, and third is release. And we come into that last phase with unconditional love and forgiveness for ourselves. And for anybody else who may have hurt us or instilled those thoughts or beliefs into us. And so this looks like forgiving ourselves for all the times that we couldn't show up. Being compassionate with that part because that part is truly believes it's protecting us from feeling rejection. And allowing that part to, and really understanding what that part needs. Like, what do you need? How can I show up for you so that the next time we're going out to put up this landing page or put out this masterclass or whatever it is, that you feel more supported? And we listen with compassion and then we grow together. So it's this growth. And as this trust is built and we're able to get to the core, the root cause of it, which is going even deeper than what I just mentioned, we're able to let it go and to release it. So that's the
0: three-step rediscovery process. That's beautiful. Now I've heard people, you know, writing letters and then burning it or, you know, burying it. What are some, what are some things that people do to release that part of them that they just want to let go?
1: Yeah, so I want to be really clear in in the way that I work. So, in the way that I work, no part of us is useless and and no part of us is meant to be pushed away. Mm -hmm. They're all meant to be brought into love. And so, when I say release, what I mean is released back into love. And so, we could do that in many ways. I use elements a lot of the times. So, earth, wind, water, fire. Uh, The elements, the earth, is our most precious resource and everybody always tends to forget her. Um, But it's just so beautiful. So you can imagine, right. Are you just said a few minutes ago, imagination is the most powerful, right? Einstein even said that imagination is the most powerful tool that we have. And so when we allow, when we could see our imagination, Uh, When we can allow our imagination and see the visualizations, we can let it go just internally back into love. Like maybe that part of us loves to play in the water. And so we allow it to just hang out by the beach while we watch it and it plays, or it loves to climb in the trees in the forest, right? Whatever it is that it wants to do. And so bringing the elements in, you could do it externally, as you said, in writing a letter and safely Starting it on fire, right in water, <laughs> by water, near water over the toilet. Yes. Um. But you, and you could also tap on your body. There's an actual formal m- method of tapping called EFT. However, I, the tapping that I use is much more intuitive. It's like, where do you feel it in your body? And then tap on that place. Um. You could use hitting a pillow. I've hit a pillows many, many, many times, right? Uh, just because I, that energy has to go somewhere. So you have to alchemize it and let it out and let it go through. Because if not, it's going to get stuck in the body. So let it flow through you. So those are a few ways that you could do that. And I think the best way for me, it, it honestly just depends on what the situation is. But writing is so important to me. Like I I write all the time. I journal all the time. Yeah, it is definitely
0: therapeutic. And it's funny how you're saying about hitting the pillow. I used to throw eggs. <laughs> Yes. What is that? A lot of times I used to just have it all inside me and just, it'll just stay there until eventually it just comes out and the way it came out was not pretty at all. But I I noticed that, you know, if when my husband and I have like discrepancies and we're just having a little tiff or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that I start cleaning a lot. <laughs> I'm just like cleaning, 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 cleaning. And I feel like that's therapeutic. I feel like I not only am healing, yes. like my my heart is healing, but I'm also getting a cleaner house at the same time. <laughs> so I guess we're getting maybe, rid of this energy.
1: Yeah. I'm getting rid of this energy.
0: <laughs> and then I love that type of energy.
1: <laughs> I'm like, yes. yes. All the time. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. There are so many. And I write in my book, Reclaim Yourself, there's many ways to heal as there are people on the planet and more. There's so many, you, the key is to trust yourself and nobody has taught us to trust ourselves. That's the struggle is that no one's taught us to trust ourselves. They've always told us that they know better or that someone else does. So learning that you are the authority in your life and trusting that what you need is what you need.
0: Yeah, I've learned to trust my intuition so much now. I'm just like, I listen to myself and I don't burn myself out. I, if I need to take a pause, I'll take a pause. If I need to step out, take a walk, I'll take a walk. And I come back feeling so much better. And I feel like myself again. For It was very difficult for me to find myself. I, I I struggled a lot with my childhood. You know, the friends I had were not friends. They were just telling me how I should be how I should dress you know the boyfriends that I had in high school same thing you know you should go out to this party check this out you know and like people pleasing like you said (laughs) and I I I realized that throughout those years I was mad at myself because like I never really came out like who's Gina who is Gina (laughs) until I was drinking and masked myself and then then I thought I was myself but no I was completely I was Somebody else and not even like a good entity. I would say some someone who was like a demon or whatever Uh, (laughs) That's another topic in itself and but it wasn't until I Had a mentor, you know got some help with my mind and learned and discovered who I was How I should be how myself should be thinking and just tapping into everything that I love doing my passions What are my passions? And I I just wanted to ask you, um, when your clients come to you and they're just like, you know, how do I I say this? When they come to you and they're just like, you know, how do I stay happy? What are some practices I can do to stay happy? I want to always be happy. Or do you tell them like, hey, when you're emotional, it's okay to go through that emotion. I feel like it's hard for a lot of women to accept that emotion, like sadness, anger, and to release it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the, what you just said, the latter part, first, let's talk about happiness. Happiness is fleeting, always. Happiness is always fleeting. You could look at somebody and somebody else and, and be unhappy in one instant. So happiness is fleeting. We, in my realm, we don't chase happiness. We chase. We don't chase anything. We turn to internal peace and internal joy and discovering it inside. And that means loving every part of us, even the parts that we think are unlovable and that others have taught us are unlovable, which are the anger, which are the grief, which are the sadness, which are all these emotions that when we feel, we think we have to hide them. And instead of hiding them, feel them, feel them. And as we do, they become, every single time, they become less and less intense, then something will rear its head and you'll be like, oh, hello. Hi, I see you. And we work with that emotion and we allow it to flow through us and we allow it to move through us. Again, it's if we don't allow it to move through us, then it gets stuck in us and it's that festering, right? It lies just below the surface. My anger, if you will, is like a volcano. So it starts like in my stomach slash chest area and it just moves up. And it bubbles up and it'll come out in like the little spouts of passive aggressive comments. And if I can't catch it, then it'll come out of my mouth, right? That's the anger that I used to struggle with all the time, all the time until I understood myself and until I understood my anger. And now I could have that feeling. I could feel that feeling. And then I could say, all right, I'm the alchemist. I am the alchemist of my life. I'm the alchemist of my emotions. And so I allow myself to feel it and ask myself, well, what do I want to do with it? What do I want to do with this anger? Where do I want it to go? Because anger can be, I want to be really clear. There is nothing wrong with with emotions. However, the behavior that follows an emotion can be extremely destructive and unacceptable, like completely unacceptable. So I know how hurtful my anger can be the behavior that follows my anger, I should say. So what do I want to do with it? How do I want to use this? So I can use it. And I did this just last week on Thursday. I had this feeling that came up that I hadn't ever, that I hadn't felt in a long time. And I was like, whoa. And I was getting ready to get on a call. And I said, you know, I just had a situation happen. I feel really overwhelmed by this anger that's inside of me. And she goes, okay, well, we could reschedule. I said, "No, uh-uh. We're not going to reschedule. I'm going to use this and transform it into something beautiful and amazing in this call, and that's exactly what we did. So I took that anger, and anger is beautiful because anger turns into passion. Yeah. So I took that anger and I turned it, I transformed it into passion. I trained. It was just like this incredible experience, uh, but I had to feel that anger in order to have that experience. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I'm always teaching to be in the emo. I mean to be in the emotion. However, there are times that you can't be in the emotion. You just got to kind of be, see it and then take care of it later. Right. Right. But it's false to believe that we don't have emotions or that we're not supposed to share them or show them.
0: I totally agree. Yes. I love our conversation. Thank Is you. there anything you. else you like to share to the listeners about their gifts, their purpose?
1: I'll say that you're on the right path. You're on the right path, 100%. Just trust. If you can, just get a little bit quieter. Remove yourself from places and spaces that feel overwhelming. Just so you get a little bit quieter. Each day, just do that a little bit more, and you'll be able
0: to hear yourself. That's beautiful. Well, Jessica, where can our listeners find you? (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Love Personal Growth is my company. Registered trademark. <laughs> and uh, lovepersonalgrowth.com or at lovepersonalgrowth on Instagram or Facebook.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. And I, I love bringing these guests on because I, I learned so much. I'm like, wow, I get so fascinated. And I, I feel like I'm constantly learning. So I appreciate you and all you do and your beautiful gifts. I love.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Gina. Thank you for having me. Thank
0: you. If you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes. And if you're aligned to leave a five-star review, thank you.